Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. It's our weekly music discussion with John Cadell and Dee Reddy. Dee, tell us please about why Miley Cyrus is saying she won't be touring again. Basically, in a nutshell, she just doesn't want to. <laughs> and I think fair dues to her. Like she just said, she's come out and said that she would rather perform in smaller, more intimate spaces for friends and family. And that the idea of playing in front of 100,000 people and like her last tour was 78 shows. Um, and it's just really isolating. And it, it's not the kind of part of her job that she feels she's particularly good at. Okay, two things jump out of me in that. One is, I thought that was the way that entertainers made their money, that they made their money, not in any more, particularly in the streaming era, through sales of music, but actually they made it through actually touring and live events. And secondly, I thought an awful lot of these stars, they got their buzz from actually performing in front of an adoring crowd. So, like, on the streaming thing, like, streaming works for an artist if they're doing it at scale, you know? And, and so that, she'll you, make money at I scale, mean, she she's was, she, like, Flower is her, like, that, that single that's out at the moment. That was the fastest to cross one billion streams in Spotify's history. So, job done on that front. And then when it Sorry, comes... I wonder how much money she makes out of a billion streams. I will come back to you on the maths. Okay. But it's like 0.006. But like, that's just the, the streams of that one yeah. song, you know? And then when it comes to the performing in front of a live audience, like, I always think it's funny that we give actors more kind of freedom to prefer to be a theatre actor or a film actor than we do for our musicians. Like, obviously, it's a different, you know, there are different capabilities and skills involved with recording an incredible album or being a live Performer. What do you think, John? Because I remember watching her at Glastonbury on the television a couple of years ago. I thought she was absolutely terrific. It got me interested in her music mm. again. Yeah, well, the thing about Miley is she's been famous since she was like minus three. Oh, so, Hannah Montana. Yeah, yeah, I mean, she's had her, she's probably had her fill of it. And she obviously has one of these agreements with a record label where they cannot make her tour. You know, she's in that sort of echelon of artists that won't be told what to do. So, I mean, I can absolutely understand how... She just doesn't want to go on stage. She said, if you're in front of 100,000 people, you might as well be alone. Whereas, you know, the, the artist... actually made me think of ABBA, Super Trooper. Yeah, yeah. Um, whereas the artists who, who can't fill venues say, oh, I prefer the intimate shows. Whereas Miley Cyrus actually prefers the intimate shows where she feels as though she's sort of surrounded by people as opposed to a sea of heads. But it was also very interesting from this interview that she's after giving is a degree, I think, now at this stage of regret in relation to the video for Wrecking Ball about a decade ago and also performances at various events that so she felt she wasn't getting help and support perhaps to make the best decisions. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I didn't necessarily read it as a regret, more so that she said that she had she had carried guilt and shame around for years because of the whole controversy and the upset that she caused. But like, at the same time, she does say that she was like 20, 21, she was trying to divorce herself from this Hannah Montana character that she, she had grown up being. And, and and I think you see that with a lot of child stars. And it's particularly fraught for, for women and girls, I think, this, this idea that when you suddenly claim adulthood for yourself, you're seen as being, whoa, whoa, whoa what do you think you're doing there? And, and being taboo. And it's very difficult to break out of being a Disney kid. Yeah. You know, so she, yeah, she maybe she did some things that at the time people were frowning about, but she was like, you know, I was just a kid. You know, I was trying to break free from this image I had. And yeah, I did some things that at the time seemed rebellious. And um, she says, but I was just trying to break out of that. 
Let's hear some of her singing in Jaded. little bit of Mary Silas. Uh, tell us about John and say you'll be very excited about this Niall Horan's tour in Ireland next year. Yeah, actually I was talking to uh, our friend Ben Finnegan outside and he told me that Niall Horan is only the second artist to headline Madison Square Garden ever. For Irish artists. Irish, sorry, yeah, Irish artists. There's only a few, but you yes, two has yeah. done it multiple times, but you, nobody else. Yeah, but uh, Niall Horan is wow. only the second. So yeah, so he's going on... Uh, tour as part of his The Show uh, world tour. The album is out, I think, next month. And he's playing in Belfast on February 21st of next year. And he's going to be at the Three Arena on February 23rd next year as well. I would assume he'd sell more than one night out of the Three Arena. I'd say there's probably a couple of of days in the diary either side. Would he be heading towards the territory where he could fill the Aviva Stadium? Um, hard to know. It depends on how the new record is received. I mean, Harry Styles, when he released his first, I'm sorry to make the comparison, but they are both directioners. Yeah, but um, that's why I was asking. Yeah, Harry's first album, I think he he may have filled the three arena, but he sort of went supernova then following albums two and certainly number three. So it dep- really depends on how the show is received. But I'm not sure if Niall is as... sort of like um, out, uh, otherworldly as Harry is. He's not as broad, like... He hasn't broken free of pop and teenage fandom in in the same way that Harry Styles has. Harry Styles has gone to a complete different yeah. stratosphere, you He's know, done a George in Michael. a way that few people of his generation will. Yeah, yeah. Funnily enough, Niall Horan's comments about his tour, though, are the complete opposite to Miley Cyrus's. He was like, my yeah. favourite thing in the world is being on tour and performing for his fans. So it just goes to show how it, you know, it's a different experience depending yeah. on who the person is. Let's hear a bit of Melton. Talking to yourself in the bathroom Losing your mind in the mirror like you have to Screaming in your car in the driveway Spinning out, think your life's going sideways One broken glass and two total collapse Just notice two shout Okay, so there's a bit of Niall Horan. John, talk to me about Andy Rourke. Yeah, Andy Rourke, um, the Smiths bass player, 
uh, Pat Watt and many other uh, uh, many other bands too. He passed away. Uh, I I hadn't even known he was sick. Passed away late last week, and um, Morrissey. Uh, sent a very nice uh, tribute to him as did Johnny Marr uh, it was Johnny Marr's Twitter feed that I saw the news on he was only 59 and died of pancreatic cancer he was with the band for the entirety of their recorded output he also um, played them with Sinead O'Connor he did he played with Sinead O'Connor and with Dolores O'Riordan and with Free Bass which was uh, three famous bass players Peter Hook Andy Rourke and um, Manny from the Stone Roses that was another one um, and yeah he did a lot of session work but best known, of course, for his bass playing uh, on Smith songs, which which was, you yeah. know, it wasn't just holding down the root note. And wasn't he the only one of the Smiths that didn't, w- both his parents weren't Irish. Yeah. So it's interesting that he worked with Dolores O'Riordan and Sinead O'Connor, who were yeah. the two biggest Irish artists of that generation, you know? Well, let's hear some of his work. Yeah, let's, let's hear this charming man. Listen to the bass. Brilliant, weren't they? Yeah. They were absolutely brilliant. Yeah. You sort of forget with all the nonsense these days with Morrissey's opinions on certain things. But uh, they were just phenomenal. So RIP. RIP Andy Rook. New drummer for Foo Fighters. Yes, it is a big week for percussion. Um, Josh Fries has been announced, um, who has a really, really stellar CV. He's worked and toured with Offspring, Guns N' Roses, Weezer, Sting, Paramore and Nine Inch Nails, to name but a few. And um, They've kind of been teasing this for a while and there had been chatter that perhaps Dave Grohl might, um, in fact, be doing the drumming himself, but that is not the case. And they've announced their new album now as well, which will be coming up um, and they're going to be going on tour as well. Mm. And there was rumours that it would be Roger Taylor from Queen's yeah. son, Rufus, who plays with the darkness, who's going to take over the drum seat. Uh, but uh, yeah, Josh Fries. Uh, I love the title of their their upcoming album, I have to say. Yes. But here we are. But here, here we, we are. are. Yeah. It's Yeah, it just... Let's hear a little bit of the new track, Under You.
listening to the sound of Foo Fighters there. We're trying to race to get through all the things we need to cover. So, John, give me your pick of the week. Yeah, uh, I'm going for, I used to call uh, Chrissy Hind the female Bob Dylan, but I've decided that Bob Dylan is the male Chrissy Hind. <laughs> uh, she's an absolute force of nature and the pretenders who recently played the Olympia Theatre, I think just right. a couple of days ago. And I think they're back playing Cork soon as yes, well. Yes, yeah. Um, anyway, the new album from them is called Relentless and it's out on the 1st of September. This is the lead single from it called Let the Sun Come In. choice, John. That's the Pretenders. Dee, what have you got for us? Well, I was actually going to go with John's choice, but he got there first. Um, But my choice is Gurriers, uh, great Dublin-based rockers. Uh, They have just released their debut, sorry, they have just released their latest single, which is very, very bravely called Sign of the Times, Um, and it is brilliant. Let's hear it. Well, it's definitely not Prince, but good 21st <laughs> yeah, century punk style. from Gurriers. Okay, a listener says, ah, the Foo Fighters, the first AI band. They just ask an app to write another song like the last. I, yeah, I was, uh, I used to be very sniffy about Foo Fighters, but I feel a bit like a bit of a fraud okay. doing it now. Competition winner tonight, Noel Dunn gave us the correct answer of the Saw Doctors, so goes to Goffs. Talk to me about the return of Blur. Yeah, they're back. Uh, we knew that they were good, that they were gigging again, but we had no idea there was an album on the way. So this was announced, I think, last Thursday. New album uh, and also a tendon single, which is called The Narcissist. Um, it's the first album in eight years, I think. It's called The Ballad of Darren and it's out in June or July. July. Let's hear a little bit of The Narcissist. I saw so
Damon Albarn does so much different guises, but that is distinctively Blur, I, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I was kind of worried when I heard that, that there was new music from them mm. that like, would it just sound like his solo stuff? Would it just sound like Gorillaz? But like, there's no doubt about that. Yeah. That could be on any of their albums. Yeah. Are we seeing the start of a rock revival? I mean, Foo Fighters' new album, new Blur album, Pretenders' al- album. I like all great. the music you brought yeah. in tonight for yeah. us. I have to finish there. D-Ready, John Cadell, thank you very much. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today.